What are the biggest questions facing teams like the Vegas Golden Knights, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Edmonton Oilers as we get set for the start of the season in October? We discuss on today's episode of Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Western Conference Tuesday edition of Locked on NHL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on NHL your first listen each and every day. On today's episode, we take a look at some of the biggest questions facing teams in the Western Conference as we gear up for the start of the season. My name is Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, joined by my co-host for the Tuesday edition of Locked on NHL, Nick Morgan of Locked on Predators. Nick, it's uh, it's crazy to think that when we put this together, mm-hmm. uh, this is a multi-part series that's going to get us to the start of the season, which just continues to get closer and closer. Amen. We had a college football marathon on the TV this weekend. Uh, which means preseason hockey is the next big uh, sporting debut to come up. So uh, it feels like it's getting closer and the weather's getting a little bit cooler. So it's soup and hockey season, Seth. It is time. It's finally time. So what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks is just going through the entire Western Conference and coming up with the biggest questions facing those teams and uh, we'll kind of bounce questions off of each other and discuss. I uh, want to try to hit everybody before the season starts. So we have a little bit of an idea of some things to watch for throughout the Western conference. And we'll start at the top, uh, start with the, uh, the champions, the Vegas golden Knights who celebrated the Stanley cup win all off season and rightfully so. Um, so Nick, Biggest question facing the Vegas Golden Knights, and in my mind, it's just a question for them of whether or not they are going to be able to repeat. Uh, Did you have a different one, or or was that the one that came to your mind as well? I mean, that's the biggest one. Of course, I think uh, roster-wise, it's who's going to be in goal for them this year. Uh, You know, they got Logan Thompson, who, of course, was an all-star last year, and then Aiden Hill, who was the you know, kind of maven in the playoffs. So that to me, you know, is a big roster question, but they're, they're good with either one of them. The the biggest thing for Vegas is just, can they manage to kind of keep finding contributions to keep the band together? I mean, we've seen the last few Stanley Cup champions, Colorado, who we're going to talk about today, uh, Tampa Bay, you know, they, they finally get this team, you know, together on a run that wins the Stanley Cup. And then comes the turnover, you know, where they, you know, a lot of big key pieces, you know, want, need raises. Maybe they're up against the cap. Uh, And so you see a lot of players shuffle out. Maybe some new players shuffle in. Maybe some younger players coming through the system trying to take over that spot. Uh, And the biggest question to me is, can Vegas do that? You know, obviously they lost Riley Smith as kind of a cap dump. Uh, this summer, he was, you know, a big piece of that team for a very long time. Um, so, you know, what, what are they going to do to kind of fill those holes? You know, they have some good younger people 
in the system. You know, we talked about uh, Paul Cotter. You know, that was a guy who got was kind of a fan favorite at moments last year because he got a lot of good minutes. Uh, maybe he's ready. He didn't play a lot in the postseason. Maybe he's ready to kind of be that guy, like step into the second to third line and be kind of an everyday uh, contributor. You know, somebody like Chandler Stevenson, he has been, you know, so good over the past couple of years. You know, he's gotten to an all-star, you know, level F as a guy that a lot of people, you know, kind of were like, oh, that's just, you know, a good depth guy. Can he keep up his growth? Like, can he take that next step, you know, towards being, you know, one of the main guys on the team and do it year in and year out? So for me, you know, the thing with Vegas is how do you find a way to keep that championship winning caliber of play intact. It's going to be a combination of, you know, obviously keeping guys like Jack Eichel and Mark Stone, like healthy, that defense is solid. It's just, can you plug in the gaps over the next few years when some of your key contributors, you leave for one reason or another. Yeah. And that's, that's the story with a lot of the good teams throughout the NHL is that the players that you have playing in those third or fourth line roles maybe are wanting a bigger role somewhere else. And so this is where Bruce Cassidy works his magic of uh, trying to work that system, that uh, elite defensive scheme that uh, led to such great results this past season. So that's going to be the, uh, the big one for them. Uh, as they try to uh, get back to the Stanley Cup final for a second straight season. Everybody's going to be coming for them throughout the course of the year. They'll have that target uh, on their backs uh, through the entire season. So it it is going to be interesting. I think the Aiden Hill situation is a fascinating one for me, is can he get to that same level that he was throughout the postseason? Obviously, the the team was playing great in front of him, but Hill was no slouch himself. So mm-hmm. does he get to that level or do we see some of the performances that he's had at previous stops like San Jose? Mm-hmm. That'll be a big question for, uh, for Vegas as they uh, mount their title defense here uh, this season. So yeah. some interesting ones to look at for the Vegas Golden Knights to say the least. For sure. And the thing with Aiden Hill that I think a lot of people kind of forget, you know, because a lot of people, you know, saw him come in in the postseason and get in that run. And it's like, oh, there's another random goalie going on a hot streak again. Aiden Hill was pretty good in the regular season when he came in. Um, you know, I think he wound up playing like 10 games or something like that during the regular season. Let's just actually pull up his stats uh, right here. Okay. Oh, so 27 games. Uh, you know, sorry for short, shorting you, Aiden Hill. Uh, but yeah, 16, seven and one record at nine fifteen save percentage. That's not bad, especially no. for a guy that you kind of had pegged as your, you know, minor league goaltender to start the season. So, you know, maybe, maybe that was his audition. Maybe that's his look, you know, even if I'm not like, getting 940 save percentage as I was in the playoffs. Even if you're a, if you're a team like Vegas and you can get like 915 out of Aiden Hill, you know, 915 save percentage. Uh, and then Logan Thompson is back to, you know, back healthy where he was before he got hurt last year. That's a pretty good goaltending combination. And I think when you have a team like Vegas, 
um, you know, and a very good defensive team with a lot of weapons up front. You don't necessarily need to have like, you know, the Andre Vasilevsky, the UC Soros, where, you know, you're just getting like shut out after shut out every night and all these ridiculous saves. You just need goaltending that is, you know, kind of borderline above average. And you just need that kind of as an aggregate. And I think Vegas has a good chance of having that. Yeah, most definitely. Um, The next team that we discussed, the Colorado Avalanche, they've got some question marks in their lineup uh, to say the least. And so uh, we'll flip to the Avs and look at some of the questions that are facing them as we get set for the start of the season. That is coming up on today's episode of Locked on NHL after this. Our next partner is a product I use on an everyday basis. And the reality of the situation is this. It comes down to simplicity when using AG1. No longer do you need five or six bottles of vitamins and supplements. You lay them out on your counter, try to figure out how to get them into your system while you're also trying to get ready to leave for work for the day. AG1 only takes one scoop in a glass of water and you are getting 75 high quality vitamins and minerals into your system just like that. It also leaves you feeling ready to tackle the day by boosting your energy to levels previously unheard of. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out today. Welcome back to today's Western Conference Tuesday edition of Locked on NHL. Once again, thank you for making Locked on NHL your first listen each and every day. Seth Topol and Nick Morgan looking at the biggest questions facing Western Conference teams this season. Let's talk about the Colorado Avalanche, who won the Central Division. They ended up getting ousted by the Seattle Kraken in the postseason. Just an unforgettable series there as that one went uh, all the way to a seventh game. And uh, Nick, for the Avalanche, they've got uh, some roster questions for this season. Most notably, uh, when do we potentially see Gabriel Landeskog? Um, He continues to uh, deal with some very uh, serious injury situations there. Um, But also you got the likes of uh, Valeri Nishuskin, who had um, a a rough end to the season um, off the ice. So there are a lot of questions for the Avalanche uh, this season. I think the biggest one in my mind is, are they going to be able to get uh, some of those solid performances from their depth guys that they got this past season that helped propel them in with injuries to their key guys? Yeah, and that's going to be tough because, you know, you mentioned you don't have Landis Cog back. Um, you had lost JT comfort to Detroit this off season. He was somebody that stepped up in a big way and helped add some of the depth Colorado lost the previous season. Cause remember Colorado was still figuring out how to, you know, make up for Nazem Kadri and Andre Burakovsky's production, you know, after they left JT comfort was one of those people that kind of filled that void. And now he has gone. Evan Rodriguez was another guy that stepped up and filled that void. And now he's gone. 
Um, you know, you, you lost Alex Newhook, who you kind of hoped was going to be, you know, maybe this is the year he kind of steps up and really cements that spot. They don't have him anymore. You know, you bring in Ryan Johansson. Uh, you know, a lot of people are excited. Maybe he's like the guy that can kind of, you know, permanently stop the bleeding in that second line center spot. And just have somebody there consistently over the next couple of years. As a Nashville Predators follower, I, you know, that there's big question marks there. You know, Jonathan Drouin coming in, that's obviously, you know, a high, I mean, uh, not high risk, but that's kind of like a boomer bust kind of situation there. And then you give big money to Miles Wood. I'm looking at the Seth and I look at it like, is, is this team better than last year? Or, or you know, the even damning, more damning question for Colorado fans is, is this team even as good as last year? Because I think you can argue Colorado maybe took another step back in terms of depth. Yeah, I th- it's a fair question to ask. I think the one that the Avs are hoping is that they don't have as many missed games from guys like Kale McCarr uh, and even from uh, Nathan McKinnon. If they can get those guys closer to full seasons, then those can be the guys that lead the pack for them uh, as this season unfolds. You know, the other question for me is we saw a pretty solid season, pretty great season in the net with uh, Gorgiev. Uh, is he able to replicate that as well? Because he was relatively unknown coming into Colorado um, via trade, and he performed fantastically well. Is he that guy, or did he kind of take advantage of a uh, Colorado team that really put some good players in front of him on defense? That's going to be another one uh, heavy on my mind this year in uh, just watching the Avs, um, as we, who cover the Central Division, do on quite a regular basis. Yeah. Look, Colorado is always going to be Colorado. You know, you, you got Nathan McKinnon one of the best players in the league. You got Kale McCarr, one of the best players in the league. Uh, You have a pretty good, you know, kind of next tier of players. You know, we we talk about Devontae's being one of those underrated guys in the entire NHL. Uh, Bowen Byram, you know, maybe taking another step forward. Sammy Gerrard on defense. It's just, you know, you, you look at some of the injury situations and stuff and some of the players they've had to replace, Um, And, you know, you're kind of worried, is it going to get to a point where they're just going to kind of have to reshuffle the deck and, you know, obviously not tear everything down and start trading Nathan McKinnon and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, is there going to be a situation where they're really going to have to take a look at some of their depth guys and shuffle, you know, kind of do something more than just plugging the gaps every single season? Because uh, it, it kind of seems like that's what they have been doing uh, since they won that Stanley Cup the past two off seasons. It's just trying to kind of plug the gaps in terms of production. Uh, they're going to need, you know, some younger long-term solutions. You know, you look at Tampa Bay when they lost their depth. I mean, they had, you know, guys like Braden Point step up and, you know, kind of come from their system and become, you know, a, a guy to plug in behind like Stamkos and Kucherov. Who who on Colorado is going to kind of be that next, you know, 20, 21, 22 year old guy that steps up and develops into, you know, that next superstar for Colorado? 
That's going to be the biggest question mark for the Avs in my mind is who in this system is going to develop into somebody who fills a role long-term, not necessarily plugs a hole for a couple of seasons, but who develops into another long-term piece behind your Kale McCars and Nathan McKinnons. Yeah, most definitely. Um, it is interesting. We go from Colorado, who's looking for some of those players that can be that next wave. Edmonton is looking for everybody right now. And so we'll finish by discussing the Edmonton Oilers as we continue today's episode of Locked on NHL after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on NHL, a Western Conference Tuesday edition. We thank you once again for making Locked on NHL your first listen each and every day. Seth Topol of Locked on Wild and Nick Morgan of Locked on Predators joining to discuss some of the biggest questions facing teams in the Western Conference as we gear up for the start of the season. We're on to the Edmonton Oilers now and Nick, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I I don't think it's changed at all because it's a question that is facing the Oilers every season is, is this the year that they finally get to where they need to in order to keep um, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl happy? Do they finally get to the Stanley Cup final this season? I think is it's the big one in my mind. I mean, if they don't this year, what's going on in Edmonton? Um, I, I mean, look, I mean, we've talked about this before. It is red alert levels of pressure uh, in Edmonton right now. Uh, you know, you've had two of the best players of our generation, the including the best player of our generation, uh, on your team for almost a full decade at this point. And you haven't won a game in the third round of the playoffs. And that says just a lot to how bad I think the rest of the Edmonton Oilers are. And it just, I look at their offseason moves this year and, you know, everybody's talking about Connor Brown coming in, um, you know, because he was line mates uh, in Erie with Connor McDavid. And it's like, all right, we got the Connor connection again. Connor Brown said 39 points last year. Like, let's let's cool it down a little bit. Like, are we really expecting Connor Brown to be the beast that elevates Edmonton into like the Stanley Cup contender? Uh, you know, goaltending, you know, the jury's still kind of out on Stuart uh Skinner. Uh defense got better with Matias Eckholm coming in there last year, but I think there's still, you know, some depth question marks there. Uh, I just if if the Edmonton Oilers do make a run this year, Seth, it's just because Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are playing at ungodly levels. I don't see a lot on this team that's going to step up and carry a team to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and you talked about the goalie situation, which it seems like is one that is discussed in Edmonton every season. And yes, they did find Stuart Skinner, who had uh, a great season overall. Uh, Jack Campbell ended up also winning uh, over 20 games himself as the uh, the backup. But you look at some of those numbers. I mean, Campbell had a goals against average of over three and a half in four separate months. And I know, uh, for instance, in the month of March, he played in three games, but he gave up 14 goals in those three games. And yes, they have an offense that is certainly capable of bailing those guys out. 
But when it gets to be crunch time, you need to have goalies that are capable of making saves to take pressure off that offense. So you're not relying on guys winning games six to five. And so if, if they get that for stretches, if they don't get that for the full season, that's where you get hurt. Yeah. And that's kind of what's hurt the Edmonton Oilers here. You know, you'll have games where Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel go out and have five points each. And then the Oilers wind up losing six to five, as you mentioned. There, there has to be other players on that team winning games besides those two. Um, and that, that's kind of been the, the biggest, you know, void. And the reason Edmonton hasn't taken that next step is it's just kind of, you know, tumbleweeds behind them. I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins had himself a really good this year, but even Nugent Hopkins needs some help. You know, Evander Kane, is he still that same kind of game-changing score uh, that, we, you know, we saw in San Jose and, and Buffalo? Uh, you know, he was hurt for most of last year, didn't really get a chance to do much, but 28 points in 41 games. They're going to need something big from him. It's just – I think the biggest question mark is just if it doesn't work this year, Seth, what happens in Edmonton? Yeah, because you can – ram your head into the wall time and time again. But after a while, that's just the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results every time you do it. Well, at some point they're going to need to get somebody in there to just kind of cleanse the roster and um, to, uh, to make some decisions that help impact that team best going forward. And just to uh, just to add a little more salt to the wound uh, in the series against the Vegas Golden Knights uh, in round two. The Oilers gave up four goals or more in four of the six games uh, in that series. And you can only lose three games before it hurts you uh, in a postseason series. And so four goals in those four games, they did hold the Golden Knights to one goal in the other two, but you got to get that goalie work that uh, that limits the other team and allows you opportunities to try to take the lead yourself. And they just did not get that in the postseason. Yeah, I mean that's that's got to change because uh, you know even in some of their earlier rounds, you know their matchup with the Kings, they didn't exactly look like that dynamo you'd expect having one of the best players in the league. Uh, so so this is it uh, for the Edmonton Oilers in my mind. It's got to happen this year. It's the last year of Ken Holland's contract. If if the Oilers don't make significant strides, maybe they don't even win the cup. Maybe they get to game seven of the Western Conference Finals and lose, you know, 3-2 or something like that. That maybe you can feel good about. But it, it, there's got to be something significant this year or you have to go back to the drawing board. Clean house, other than your two main guys, and really figure out – how do we support these two? I think the way you put it when we discussed it last was that they need to push the Western Conference Finals to the brink at the least. And I think that's chef's kiss. I think that is spot on uh, for what Edmonton needs to accomplish this year. So we are going to run through the entirety of the Western Conference with these, just trying to leave you with something to consider 
as the season gets underway. So uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode of Locked on NHL. And uh, for more, you can subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us, uh, myself with Locked on Wild and Nick with Locked on Predators for our thoughts on a couple of the teams in the Western Conference. Uh, you can find new episodes all week long of Locked on NHL as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.